It looks sunny where you are. Yeah, we actually, I'm in Georgia, so we have some sunny day today. We've had the rainiest winter of all time. Everyone else got snow and we just got all the rain. So today we finally get a sunny day. So it's nice. (laughs) That sounds awesome. I'm up in just about an, well, slightly under an hour north of Boston and it's gray and it's snowy and it's like it was six degrees yesterday. Today it's like 30, but the sun is a luxury. So (laughs) yeah. Yeah, I know my friends in Texas and everything are like, oh, we need this snow to melt. So I was like, well, I guess I guess we're lucky in that aspect. We got that going for us. Truly. Hey, y'all. Welcome to the Awkward Mom Stage podcast, a podcast where Lola, that's me, a millennial mom, talks to friends about life, motherhood, and everything in between. Every Wednesday, I bring you topics that we all struggle with, whether we're a parent or not. Every stage of motherhood is awkward, whether you have one kid or six, you're a dog mom, or you feel like your partner's mom, things can get messy. I'm for sure an awkward mom, navigating all the growing pains that come along with millennial mom life. Feel stuck in an identity crisis? Feel like your life lacks direction? Goals feel distant? Well, you're not alone. Tune in every Wednesday as I go through the crazy coaster called life with you. This podcast celebrates motherhood in all forms for exactly what it is, awkward. I'm your host, Lola Nicole. Grab yourself a glass of water or wine, whichever suits your day, and get ready because the Awkward Mom stage starts now. Hey y'all, and welcome back to the podcast. If you're new here, hi, hello, welcome to the Awkward Mom stage. If you're coming back for another episode, welcome back. Thank you so much for supporting the show and listening. On today's episode, I got to sit down with Garrett Wood. She's a mindset coach and nutrition expert, author, and host of the Dare to Move podcast. Her podcast is so on point with mine because she guides you through her life lessons and also asks high-performing individuals the hard questions. She also asks about health, wellness, and personal growth, and more. So she's the perfect person to have on the show today. Best of all, She's about to embark on an exciting journey as she's due any day now with her first baby boy. Yay, Team Blue. Hashtag boy mom. (laughs) So I thought it would be fun to take a trip down memory lane while helping first-time mamas everywhere get an inside look at what it's like preparing for baby the first time around, especially during COVID. We've got a lot to cover in this next hour, so let's get into this episode. Today, we'll kind of go over what it feels like to be a first-time mom. I mean, for me, it's been so long since I was a first-time mom. My experience is going to be completely different, especially now in in COVID. I like to introduce my guests in the beginning, but I always like for them to say who they are, what they do, and how they got into their expertise. Okay. Awesome. I'm so close. I was just at the OB yesterday, so I'm my baby will be here any day. So I feel like I can sort of add to what I think it will be like. And then you can maybe tell me when, how crazy I am. Today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know my experiences because yeah. all three of mine were different. So yeah, I keep hearing that too, that, it, you know, every, even from for the same mom, it's different. So yeah, I'm excited. And uh, is there anything that I can provide, you think, for your listeners that would be helpful? 
Yeah, how you prepared as a first-time mom Mm -hmm. and just kind of getting into that mom mode and mentality and when that kicks in. Because I feel like for some people, they're like, okay, when does the mom mode Mm kind of kick in? Is it right away? Is it later on? Does the baby come and then it comes? So, Mm -hmm. okay. Perfect. So I'll let you introduce yourself and let everyone know what it is that you do and how you came about your podcast as well. All right. So I am Garrett Wood and I'm a mindset coach. I work with individuals who are looking to make a major change in their life and they need the, I don't want to say mental grit because that sounds really masculine, but basically the mental scaffolding to support that decision because our limiting beliefs have a tendency to hold us back from what we really want. So my coaching roots started in like fat loss and body transformation. And then that pivoted into executive coaching. So I still sort of do a little bit of both and I love every second of it. And then very recently, of course, right when I got to the third trimester, I was fortunate to sign on with a venture catalyst. They call it Instead of venture capital, they call it venture catalyst company, signed with them out of Australia. So I'm getting to hopefully start working on some more global projects in a consultative role. And yeah, of course, I'm like, how is that going to work with being a mom as well? I'm really excited about both, but my brain can't quite put them in the same room yet. Yeah. (laughs) So that's where I'm coming from. Okay. How did you, when you first found out you were pregnant and everything with your career, how did you prepare mentally? for being like, oh, goodness, like, I'm going to be responsible for a human soon. (laughs) I was one of those people who knew I wanted kids when I was four years old. And nothing really changed. But I think my entire career post college was really focused on how do I create freedom and space in my life. And I always worked from home. Even when I had an office, it was like kind of optional to go, which was really interesting. That was like seven years ago. So I've sort of always managed my own time. And so when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, okay, I prepared for this. I got this. Like, I can absolutely do this. But then the first trimester, I was really lucky I didn't get sick. But there were some moments where I'm like, okay, I just want to lay down in bed, but I have a work call, you know, or I have something going on. And in those moments, I was like, this is going to be really hard to manage a baby. So once I got through that, I think I was just in denial and my preparation was just financial. Like, how can I make a lot of money before I take like a self, because I work for myself, a self-imposed maternity leave. And then by the third trimester, I was like, okay, I can only make so much money. I need to start looking at the actual logistics. And that's when I started kind of panicking. So I'm like, babies have to eat every two hours. Like I can't do 90 minute podcasts or, you know, do two back-to-back client calls for two hours. I'm really not going to be available for a while. Yeah. So it's yeah. been still in the process of making that mental shift, but really figuring out how, how can I get support and how can I finagle my work schedule to be sort of spaced out throughout the day by like week five to incorporate a little bit of work. Yeah, with my first, I also didn't have morning sickness and all that stuff. I was really fortunate in that. I was also younger, so I feel like that also played a part. But yeah, it's always, everyone's always like, yeah, the first one was like so, it was so great. It was so magical. It kind of tricks you into the second one. (laughs) That will probably be me. For sure. Yeah, it's, it's definitely different because from my first to my second, all of my kids are five years apart. So oh, cool. it was always like a new experience again 
every time because my kids are going off to school and then there's like a new baby coming in. So it was always an adjustment. I just feel like even for first time moms, you kind of just fall into the role. As long as you're not like forcing it and trying to make sure that everything stays the same as it did before, then it kind of just like falls into place. You're going to kind of figure out your schedule, figure out your groove, and every baby's going to be different. Your baby could sleep really well during the day. You could get a lot more done during the day, whereas some moms their baby doesn't sleep at all during the day and they have to do all of their stuff at night. So it really just kind of depends. But I always feel like you just fall into the groove of how it works for you and your family. Yeah, I think that's a really that's really helpful for me to hear. And I sort of saw this big manifestation of this collaboration with this Australian company like, oh, no, I'm not going to be able to do that because I'm about to have this baby. But What's actually really cool is as I shift more into that role, it's like a new beginning there and a new beginning with the baby. So everything's uncharted territory. And like you said, I can kind of fall into that instead of trying to like continue on what I was doing nine months ago in a couple of weeks. So, right. Yeah. And I, there's actually another podcaster, Francesca, she has twins and she records her podcast while she's breastfeeding most of the time. She'll just be like, yeah. I'm breastfeeding the babies right now. That's how I keep them quiet and I can still get my podcasting done. So I feel like everybody figures out what works for them and that kind of helps plan your schedule, plan your day. So you're not feeling so overwhelmed. Like I have to do this. I have to do it this way. It's like, no, just kind of follow what works for you. Otherwise you're just going to be fighting it the whole time. (laughs) That's really, really good advice. I feel like I will be doing that as well, especially the solo cast, breastfeeding and recording. Hey y'all, it's Lola here, host and producer of the Awkward Mom Stays podcast. And let me tell you, hosting and producing this podcast is not easy. I had no idea what I was doing and I still kind of don't. Don't tell anyone, but I don't. Buzzsprout has definitely been there to help me along the way. From hosting to helpful videos on what to do, how to edit, where to go, how to get music, you name it. They let me know how to do it. And their Facebook community is even more helpful. So let me tell you now, if you are a podcaster or you're trying to start a podcast or you have a podcast and you're looking for a host, definitely check out Buzzsprout. They've got everything you need to get started, even a domain name if you don't already have one. Trust me, I'm no tech genius and Buzzsprout has definitely been my saving grace. So if you're interested, you can definitely click the link in the show notes and it will take you to Buzzsprout and they will walk you through everything you need on getting your podcast up, running and ready to go. Now back to the show. When did you start packing your hospital bag and all that stuff? So I got back from spending some time with family over the holidays, like second week or first week of January, and I was 30 one weeks pregnant. And I was like, okay, I'm going to do this because worst case scenario, something happens. And I had also been gifted a couple things and I didn't want to like misplace them or forget where I put them. They're going in the bag. And I, yeah, it's sort of ready to go, but I packed more for comfort of what I want to be wearing. And my fiance is packing more of the technical stuff like phone chargers, a cooler, the baby's clothes and the more important stuff probably. But at least I feel good that I have my my bases covered with like what I'll be wearing and all that good stuff. Yeah, for me, I always started, I want to say around like 28, 
weeks for me just because I have to have it that way, like make sure I have everything. But then I also go into labor early. Both of my first two were early. They were both 35 weeks. And then my third was 37 weeks. She tried to come at 34, but I was able to hold out until about 37, 38. So I always pack a little bit earlier. But I hear a lot of people start around like the 30 week mark for packing. But my I just remember when I had my first, I packed everything except the kitchen sink. I was like, I'm going to need this and I'm going to need and I don't even think I touched anything in the bag other than pajamas and stuff like that. You think you need so much stuff, but the hospital provides pretty much anything you're going to need for a baby. When you're first having it, they don't expect you to bring their wardrobe. Of course, I had outfit changes and I was like, I'm going to be doing this and taking this photo. And they're like, please, like, you don't need any of that stuff. You're not going to touch it. I promise you, you're either going to be breastfeeding or sleeping or bottle feeding or whatever you're doing. You're not going to be worried about that. So I always try and tell my friends that are first time moms and stuff, just remember, you just need the necessities. You don't need all the extra. You're going to forget all about it. My husband's always the one that packs the technical stuff because I'll forget it. I'm not thinking about like the phone charger and all that stuff. I'm like, well, what outfit do I need? And what about this? So he's like, I'll do the technical. You do everything else. And then I kind of have like a little checklist and then I just go through that checklist and then whatever the hospital isn't providing because you're going to do like you've already done the hospital tour, right? For the hospital you're going to deliver. Sort of. the With COVID, it's been weird. I've also been unique in that I started being treated in Boston and then I moved and I went to like a random family friend for my 28 week appointment in Indiana. And then now I'm in New Hampshire. So I am sort of learning the ropes little by little each time I go, but I haven't had like one of the formal tours, which maybe I should schedule. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I'm wondering, I don't know how they're doing it with like COVID. I feel like it's different for, cause I've had yeah. a couple friends that have delivered during COVID and I know for them, even their, all three of their experiences were different. So I guess it just depends on like where you are and all of that. But when most of the time you'll have like a hospital tour and you'll go through the hospital and they'll show you like where everything is, your husband's going to see the gift shop and all that stuff and the cafeteria and then they'll take you to your room. And before I moved, because I I used to live in Florida. So before we moved from Florida, the hospital I delivered at had this whole package for mom. Like you could get your hair done, your nails done, you could get a a pedicure, man, like whatever you wanted, massage, steak dinners. They had a full luxury package. And I'm like, I don't even know who has the energy for this. Like this is a lot. But I mean, if you want it, I'm assuming that most hospitals will do that. But they have like a full package and everything. But I was just like, okay, what do I need for the baby? That's all I need to focus on. And they were just like, we provide pretty much everything you need for a baby. Diapers, they even have onesies and stuff like that. So other than the take-home outfit, and if you're doing newborn photos in the hospital, because a lot of people do that as well, and maybe a blanket, you can pack a diaper bag, but Again, you're probably not going to use it. They give you all the... There's, I went home with so many diapers that I, I didn't even have to buy newborn diapers, which I always tell people, do not buy newborn diapers. You're either going to get them at the hospital or you're going to get them at your baby shower. 
and they grow out of them so fast. Like you was, they, they come home and they're so tiny and you're like, Oh my gosh, they're going to be in this size forever. And then like three weeks later, they're in the next size. So like, I'm always like, do not stock up on newborn stock up on the next size up. Cause that's the size you're going to go through mm-hmm. like the most. That is so helpful. It's funny because I feel like my journey through pregnancy with like Instagram is I'll see something like, Oh, I need that. Cause I don't know yeah. what I know. And then two seconds later, you like learn that you don't. And one of the examples was pumping and the different types of pumps. And I lucked out that my future sister-in-law had gifted me the LV and then my insurance covered like a high powered, like, you know, I think it's a Medela or something. And I was like, I have to learn how to use this and it's going to be so challenging. And I was reading a lot about it. And then I read something like a couple months later after I figured it all out and it was like, oh yeah. So like, if you're going to be home for a while, unless you really want your husband to like give a bottle at night, like you might just be better off practicing like real, just doing breastfeeding first and don't stress about the pumping unless you need to right away. So it's just like that. And then like the diapers this morning, I saw someone was like some influencer type person was posting like my hospital bag and it had diapers. And I was like, I don't think you need those. And I'm pretty sure the hospital, yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty sure she's putting those in there. Cause this is a paid ad and she's getting, you know, a sponsorship from talking about this new organic, you know, type of diaper. So I'm right. starting to see through these things the more that I learn, but you just don't know if you haven't been through it. So I had similarly heard, like, even for like the postpartum, like recovery stuff, like they can give you and help you make different types of pads. And they have like the hospital under- underwear is actually pretty good. And yeah. I found out about a company in Chicago that makes really supportive underwear that like it could be for C-section, it could be for regular vaginal recovery, but they actually, it has an insert that like holds an ice pack. And yeah, I've um, heard of those. Yeah, it was, and so I got a pair of those. So that's in my hospital bag and the company's called NYSA. It seems pretty cool, but I just, then you hear like, oh, maybe I didn't need that anyway. We'll see, but. Yeah, ice packs, anything that will hold an ice pack you definitely need those the depends are actually like a lot of moms are just like don't even worry about regular underwear get you some depends Mm -hmm. they feel like they feel like kind of like underwear they it's more of like underwear pad material if you get like the depends but like they're a lot more comfortable than the hospital mesh underwear because those things were so annoying to keep up because they slide down Uh so they're just like rolling down and like oh come on you have this like giant (laughs) pad so all of my friends that have delivered recently they were like yeah depends like my life so those the ones with the cute little butterflies on them they have those in the store but the depends have I've heard that those were great Okay, thank you. I will take. Yeah, I was like, I wish I knew that with my last one. That would have been great to know because I was using the hospital mattress pads that they give you because they have like no wings. There's not really any support. They just kind of give you what you need to not bleed all over the bed, basically. But other than that, they're like, if you want comfort and style and all that, you're gonna have to bring that from home. But I would (laughs) definitely say depends is something that I wouldn't even worry about, like regular underwear at all. Okay. I'm writing that down. Thank you. When did you start buying stuff for the baby? Because I know for me, I'm terrible at waiting. 
So I just start buying like gender neutral stuff as soon as I find out. And then I'll just start changing the color when I figure out the gender. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I started, but I think like the first weekend I knew I was pregnant. I was like at Macy's for some reason and found two outfits on sale. One was gender neutral. One was a little girl because I was convinced I was having a little girl. And I got both outfits or whatever. And I get home and I was telling my mom and she was like, you know, it's like kind of bad luck to buy like a certain gender before you know. And then sure enough, I found out I was having a boy. So I started <laughs> like doing that. And then my partner is a, he's an outdoorsman, like for fun. Like that's just who he is. Okay. He doesn't do it for work, but he's always outside. He's always hiking, hunting, fishing, all that stuff. And so we found these really cute little outfits. I'm forgetting exactly what company it is now. Something on Instagram. It's like Instagram knew I was pregnant before my friends. And, um, so I got the newborn, the zero to three, the three to six, the six to nine, and the 12 month, all of the same outfit that has these little deer animals on it. And it's really cute. So I have in my hospital bag, the, the newborn and the zero to three, because I'm, so I'm only five, two, and I was like 30 pounds by the time I was one. So I was a very like chubby baby. <laughs> I was holding up the newborn thing. I'm like, I don't know if my baby will ever be small enough to fit in this. Like yeah. my thought was like, I'm probably going to need a bigger size. So I ordered like all the sizes I have up to six months packed in my bag. Um, and I think, gosh, after that, I kind of took a pause because people started like friends and like family started gifting us some stuff. So, and then I actually have a four-year-old brother, believe it or not. I'm 30, but I have a four-year-old brother, half brother. So we got some hand-me-downs from things. And then I have two nephews that are both under the age of, well, it's like seven and two. So we have a lot of hand-me-downs. So last time I was going through stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, we have newborn and then we have like 12 months and beyond. I'm like, we need to buy stuff for six months to 12 months. And because we are, so I, I feel a little bit behind now. I like, I started ahead of time and now I have to play catch up because like you said, the baby's going to grow so fast Yeah. that I'm going to be needing the six month stuff before I know it. So. <laughs> yeah. My, my, my two were preemies, but even as preemies, they, were in like the preemie size newborn baby outfit for, I don't know, I think my son was in it for like a week when he was able to like wear it. And then he jumped straight to like the newborn because they, they're eating all the time. So they just consistently keep gaining the weight and then you're like, wait a minute, I just bought this outfit. Like there's, there was so much stuff that I bought that they never even wore because they just, they grew so fast. So I always wait to buy like, I'll buy like, a few cute like initial outfits that are onesies or something like that but as far as like outfit outfits I wait until I kind of see them level out in a size for at least a few weeks and then I'm like oh okay like you're in newborn now you're in zero to three months now two of my friends have boys and they're like little football players (laughs) so the newborns the newborn outfits didn't even fit them that long like they were like they're in zero to three months now I don't know what's happening right now (laughs) why are they so chubby (laughs) but like every baby's different because my son was so tiny he was in preemie and then he was a newborn for a little while and then he went to zero to three months and then some of my friends their kids jumped straight to zero to three months they're like oh yeah they came out as a little football player so this is what we got so yeah every 
time I go to buy something, if it's not like a sleeper, which I always recommend the sleeper set. Okay. Rather than the snap ones, because you're not going to want to fidget with all those buttons and snaps when you're trying to change a baby in the middle of the night. That was the most annoying thing for me. I don't know why I did it to myself, but mm. when my friend introduced me to little sleeper sacks, it was like the best because you just put the little sleeper sack on and then you can like draw string the bottom or sometimes they have like Velcro or something like that or zip them up in there and they're just in there. Their legs can be all free and they can kind of like wiggle around. And then you just unzip it or however, change them, and then you're good to go. So then you don't have to fight them to change them because nine times out of ten, they're going to cry. They absolutely hate getting changed. I don't know why. I'm like, but you're getting clean. But they hate it. <laughs> so to, like, save everyone the headache, I'm like, just get yourself some sleeper sacks. That is on. the easiest. <laughs> Until they start, like, crawling and stuff, you don't really have to worry about, like, their diaper getting, like, rug burn or anything. So... You don't really have to worry about that. So the sleeper sack is like the best and it's like nice and breathable so they can kind of like sleep in it. You don't have to worry about blankets, which is another, you know, big thing that people don't want, like stuffed animals and blankets and stuff like that all around. So with the sleeper sack, you don't need a blanket. You don't need anything. You just put them in a little sack and they go right to sleep. Perfect. Thank you for that. (laughs) What's the most expensive thing you bought for the baby so far? Because I feel like everyone has something new I know so the one thing we haven't done that I'm wondering if we'll ever cave on everyone keeps asking me did you buy this new did you buy this new because it's like the $1,300 you know locker thing and I'm like even if I was a multi-millionaire I don't know if I could stomach buying that to use it for like three weeks like, yeah. what is the point? And so a friend of mine in New York said that her friend was like, that's crazy. I would never do that. And then after her mom left, her mom came for two weeks after her mom left, she was like, I need help. And she bought this new and she's like, it changed my life. She did say she found it on Facebook marketplace for like $700 or something. But anyway, we haven't done that. But the next, I guess for us, then the most expensive thing was we bought the outlet sock and everyone's been talking about that as like, of course you would want to know the respiration rate. Of course you'd want to know like the heart rate and all those things. And personally, when I was a baby, I stopped breathing at eight weeks, like for no reason. I guess my mom was like looking over for a wipe while she was changing me. When she looked back, my face was like blue and they didn't really know why, but they like resuscitated me, all the things. And I had to wear a monitor that was kind of like the outlet sock before the outlet sock, except it was like a passive machine in the nineties that like had to travel with me places. And so I'm like, okay, knowing that like this baby's going to have my genetics, it's probably good to have. But then I was reading, I was listening to actually on YouTube an OB doctor that has a YouTube page. And she's like, honestly, you may not want all that data. You may not want to stress yourself out because the more data you have, the more you're going to like look for things that like, you know, so I don't know how much we'll use it, but we bought, I would say the biggest like mistake we made is we bought the outlet sock, the docketot, and like a halo little bassinet beside the bed. Okay. Yeah. Really early, like maybe around Black Friday, just because there were all these sales. And we're my fiance was like, you know, we're gonna have a baby shower. Like people can get us this stuff. And I was like, I just want to make sure like we have it. And then we ended up getting so many duplicates of things at our baby shower, which was last weekend that I'm like, we totally could have not spent that $500 and just bought those things. 
So that was sort of our like mistake. And that those were the expensive things. But otherwise, we were gifted a rocking chair from my stepmom since she just had a baby. So we didn't have to buy that. However, I didn't know that $4,000 rocking chairs exist. Went down that <laughs> rabbit hole. And I was like, this is a beautiful rocking chair before I knew that she was going to give us hers. And it, I mean, it was so beautiful. We live in like kind of a cabiny type vibe of a house. It was like this okay. rocking chair. It was like $3,900. I'm like, that's crazy. Like that is nuts. So we didn't do that. And otherwise I don't, I think the dresser for the nursery was like a bigger ticket, you know, expense, but it, we bought one that he, he can have for 18 years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. With our, with our kids, I always got the pack and play, forget what it's called, but it's like kind of like a three in one. So you have like the playpen when they're older or when they get like start like crawling or rolling over and then it has a bassinet section so you can still have it next to your bed while they're still small. And then it also has like a little changing table like on the oh my thing so you can kind of change it. Yeah, that, I, I know Graco makes one. Okay. They have They have a couple at Walmart, I think, that are like three in one. Walmart, Target has some. I don't even know if Babies R Us's are still open. I know. I, don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I see the stores, but I never see oh, one, like, anyone there. Oh, so I'm like, okay. But <laughs> I think they might be online, though. But I know for a fact Walmart and Target, they have Whoa. them. And that was like the best purchase for me because it, aside from the um, baby carrier, because I got like one of the little baby backpacks, that nice. was also a lifesaver because especially because my kids were breastfed. So they needed me constantly. So I had that thing so I could strap them on me and they can sleep or nurse or whatever yeah. and do whatever they needed. And then I could just unsnap it and then just lay them in the little bassinet and the playpen, which was like golden. Cause our first, I bought like this outrageous bassinet that was like frilly and just <laughs> unnecessary Okay. I think I used it maybe twice. Oh. And then with my second is when I got like the three in one thing. And I was like, this okay. thing is a game changer because I didn't have to buy a changing table. I didn't have to worry about putting them in the crib so early because they're not really going to sleep in a crib right away. It's wishful thinking. You're going to say you're going to put them in there for a nap and then you're not. You both are going to fall asleep on the couch together. So like, don't even stress yourself out with that one. The three-in-one pack-and-play situation was, like, my savior. And I had wheels, so I could, like, roll it around the house with me. Oh, my so it was great. God. Yeah. I'm going to order that when we, when we hang up because that's <laughs> amazing. Thank you. Yeah, that You're that giving thing all was... the advice I need and hopefully lots of other new moms tuning in. Or yeah, moms there's... tuning in that are having their second or third years later. Yeah, because that was me. I, there's so much new stuff because every time I have a kid, it it's five years later. So my other one's older. So all the stuff they had is like obsolete now. And they have so many new, ga- like I got caught up so many times. Like I need this and I need them. My husband's like, remember, remember all the stuff you bought last time and we didn't use any of it. Like, yeah. let's pace ourselves. So like there, it will catch you. It They'll definitely catch you. Those, the mom conventions and all that with all the cool gadgets and stuff like you'll be like oh my gosh I need all of this stuff for my baby it's like no no you don't you're you're not gonna use it I promise you get yourself a regular thermometer a three-in-one pack and play and some swaddles and you're good to go like you don't you don't need all the rest you're not gonna remember to use it it's just too much 
And unless you're already a super structured, I have to have everything this way kind of person, like it just, it just doesn't work. Like it, it never really fits into your life the way you think it does, the way they portray it online. It's like, sure, this may have helped like that. The little bassinet expensive thingy that everyone says to get some I've heard there was like one big influencer I can't remember what her name is but she was like yeah I had that thing and my son was in it for two weeks like and that was it and then he was too big for it it, or too long for it like it's it's great for some some people love it because I also had a friend that had one and she thought it was the best thing smoking but there's so many other rocker swing set type things you could get for your baby that are way cheaper and they do a lot of cool stuff they all they really need is like that little vibration and that little weird music that plays (laughs) and that's it like that's all they are they don't care if it like sings to them and all this craziness that the other stuff does I feel like there's that one bassinet I can't remember what the name of it is but it like I guess emulates a car Oh, yeah, like kind of like hums and like rocks and like does all that. It's really it's cool. But then I'm like, okay, how many malfunctions am I going to have to deal with with this thing? How long is it going to take me to fix it? Because you also have to think about that. Like it may be great for right now, but if it breaks and you need another one, spend that twelve hundred dollars or whatever it is to get it again or whatever. So I always tried to make sure that the stuff that I was getting was practical because if it just sits there and collects dust there's a stroller that everyone and their mom on instagram has it's so expensive it's a very nice stroller but i went and i did the test on that stroller and there's a gray coat stroller that kind of does the same things and it's more than half the price i believe that stroller was two like 260 or something and this stroll the other stroller that everyone loves is like twelve hundred dollars not including all of the the gadgets because that's the thing like you have to get the attachments for it and everything and it came out to like it was like fourteen hundred dollars and i saw like there was a new mom looking at the stroller and i was like girl let's just get this one right over here it's the same (laughs) and it's 260 i promise you it's gonna do the same thing yeah Sometimes it's literally just about a label. It doesn't even change the functionality of it. It's funny you're saying all this because my mindset when I think about birth, because my background is like I did bodybuilding, I did powerlifting, I did half marathons. I was always physically challenging myself. And when you're pregnant, like I can't do weighted chin-ups anymore. I can't deadlift 300 pounds. So I was like, you know, I've been active, but I'm like, what can I what can I challenge myself to? So this is maybe not the right thinking, but it, if it can happen, I would love to challenge myself to a natural birth. Like I really want to try to go unmedicated. So my mindset has been like women have been doing this. That's why we're here, right? That's why humans still exist because people have been doing it in the forest, you know, without sometimes alone if they were out gathering berries and they can birth naturally and it's all fine and good. So in the same vein, it's like they also didn't have these fancy strollers. They also didn't have these gadgets. And like right. we're still here. And so that's sort of been my like mentality with everything. Like if I start to see myself stressing about should I buy it? Should I not? I'm like, okay, just remember 
thousands of years ago, even hundreds of years ago, they didn't have any of this and it was all good. And then when I apply that to work, I was telling my, one of my, like, I have, I have, since I coach, I have a coach, got to practice what you preach. And I was like, you know, the more I think about it, I don't think I should try to have this perfect 12 week break off of work because there's never going to be a time when I'm just a mom or I'm just working ever again. It's always going to be, I'm doing both. So can't both exist. Even if it means I only send two emails the first week he's here. And she goes, well, think about it this way. People used to have the baby and then be farming the next day. People like literally, right. So it's like, of course you should consider doing both and not get stressed out about all these gadgets. But I think, you know, to your point, the very least we know really great ones exist and like if your baby once the baby's here and you can kind of see what does he need or what does she need then you can go look for the exact thing that's unique to you but it's like before the baby's here it's so hard to know yeah (laughs) and I started I kind of started just like looking at what was I thinking about during the day when I had the baby and when I was at home with the baby what am I consistently like man that would be nice if I had that or man that would be nice if I had something to do, whatever. And that's kind of how I chose certain things that I would buy. Like, do I need this? Is this going to help me? Or is it going to end up in my closet like everything else? Mm. So it was kind of like when I saw that breastfeeding and constantly picking my child up all the time, I was like, well, I need. I wish I had something to kind of strap her to me and then I wouldn't have to do that anymore. And then insert the baby carriers. And I went and I tried them out and I saw, you know, which one fit me better because there's, so many now like <laughs> there's slings and backpacks and it's a whole thing so Tank tops even and, yeah just shirts like kangaroo pouch shirts just everything now dad pockets like all kinds of stuff so I'm like oh okay like I heard that little dad shirt thing with the kangaroo pouch I heard that was like really cute for dads or something because it kind of helps them like keep the baby close and it's just strapped to them in this little shirt but oh. my husband used the baby carrier as okay. well. I got more of a, I got like a basic color. I think mine was like gray or like grayish black. I got something that was basic because you're probably going to get baby food or throw up or something on it anyway. So you don't want to get a beautiful floral color. You'll be washing it all the time. <laughs> so I got like a darker color. So that way it, you couldn't really see like stains and stuff. And it also wasn't like pink and frilly so like a man would also want to wear it because sometimes I feel like moms are like I need this and this is so cute and they're like okay but like the husband does not want to carry that purple rose bag that you picked out like we should probably get something that's gender neutral for everyone he doesn't want to he'll carry it because he he it's his kid but like he's just like really like do I have to (laughs) please so my husband loved the baby carrier because it had big straps and it was more of like a backpack style and you wow. could carry them in the front. And then when they got a little older, you could put them on your back. Because I used to do that, too. I would strap my daughter to my back when she was, like, two. Because she would just follow me around. So I would just strap her to my back and do my housework and get get where I needed to go. Once she figured out how to climb out of the playpen. And I was like, okay, great. Well, now I have to figure, figure out another way to restrain you. So strapping you to my back. So those things actually really last throughout the years. You can really use that from, like, birth till they're done asking you to carry them on your back. Oh, I love that. That's brilliant. I used the same role when I returned stuff. I was like, okay, what do I need now? Like now that I know I don't need whatever this is, 
let me trade it for something that I do need. Most of the time, I traded it for diapers. Like, I would just Ooh. use my little store credit for diapers because you're going to go through so many of those. Like, that is, aside from, like, clothes, I was like, don't stock up on the clothes. Stock up on the diapers because that's what you're going to need. There, You're going to be changing at least, like, 10 of those a day. So you want to make sure you have diapers on hand, for sure, and wipies. Yeah. Wipies galore. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. I was just thinking, I don't think we have a lot of newborn diapers. So we might have to get like once, I don't think we have any, so I might have to get like a small pack of those. And like you said, if if I come home from the hospital with some, I should be set there, but yeah, we've got our work cut out for us. I think as far as finalizing that stuff, I will say I have done all the baby's laundry though. So that's really good to like have that clean and like stored away and then I think we have a couple more things to hang on, like the nursery wall, but okay. diapers are definitely a priority. <laughs> yeah. And a, a baby monitor was really good for us just so, so like if I was going in the kitchen or something, or I like, they were taking a nap somewhere, I could hear wherever they were at. So like baby, mon- a baby monitor is actually something that I'm like, yeah, that's, you know, that's a good idea. Especially if you have like two stories or you have like a bigger home with multiple rooms in it it's a lot easier to just take your little monitor and now they have the the ones that it's like an app on your phone. Yes, you I want to get one on of that. Yeah, those yeah. are really good. I heard good reviews about those. So like a really good baby monitor is a good investment. I mean, you don't have to go like overboard and get like the whole like thing, <laughs> but just something that you can see them on the monitor and kind of there's some that like monitor like their breathing and oxygen level and all that, but that's the little outlet bracelet kind of does all that anyway, but just we had like a basic, I think two base one and the monitor was in whatever room the baby was in. And then I just took the other one with me. And as soon as I heard a cry or something, I'll just go in there and peek and check. It just makes everything. It just also helps your peace of mind. Like, so you don't feel stuck staring at your baby all day like I'm never gonna get anything done because I just want to because that's it's just gonna be instinct like every three seconds you're gonna be like checking like is everything okay is everything okay you're exhausted (laughs) but you're like is everything okay is the baby okay so like a baby monitor was definitely something that I was like I need this or I will just sit next to this baby all day like I won't get anything done (laughs) we were gifted several things from my stepmom but a lot of it, like it's been used, right? And it's also from four years ago. So the one that she had, it's like, you have to carry around something that's like the size of my phone. Yeah. Like, look, which isn't awful, right? Like we could use that. But then I was asking my fiance the other night, I was like, should we get another one just to like have a couple options? And like if one breaks and to your point, like the instinct thing really kicked in for me around, I would say end of the second trimester, like I had noticed a couple of my friends, not a couple, actually, a lot of my friends got dogs during COVID just because mm-hmm. I think the whole world did. People wanted joy and their home and they can potty train and all those things that they weren't having babies, getting dogs. And I'd, you know, call a friend or be chatting with a friend and they'd be like, oh no, the dog's sick. And I would always wonder, like, as I grew up with a family dog, but I wasn't, you know, my mom was in charge. I wasn't really in charge. Yeah. I'm like, how do you know when your dog's sick? And they're like, you just know, like, you're just in tune with it. You just know that your dog's not acting normal. And so yeah. my here was like, how am I going to know when my baby's sick? If I'm nervous about a dog and not noticing a dog, like what if I couldn't? And so around that time is when they start telling you to pay attention to the amount of kicks 
mm-hmm. that you like, did you get 10 kicks over the two hours? And uh, the first time I read that, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm like, what if I miss it? And then of course, like, I never even really thought about it because I would just be present to like the baby's movements. And then one morning, I think it was when I was 30 weeks, I woke up and I was, the first thing I said to my partner was, he's not moving. He's like, what do you mean? You just woke up. I'm like, no, but he's always moving as I'm waking up. He's like, well, you're going to go have coffee and do this. Like, you'll notice. So I have my coffee and I have my like vitamins and stuff. And I'm like, I still don't feel him. So long story short, my instincts were there. Of course, I went to the doctor. He ended up being fine. He just had like a weird schedule change where he didn't move for three hours. But then, of course, when I go to get him monitored at the hospital, he was like moving so much they couldn't even like do the test because yeah. he was like just rambunctious in there. So anyway, to your point, the instinct thing, I was really worried like through the at least the first half of my pregnancy. Like I don't have these instincts yet. Like how how do I develop those? But it really is just like a natural thing that your brain just does. And that is so interesting to me because it's not something you can like teach yourself. It's just like a natural thing that sort of develops throughout the pregnancy. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, you don't, cause even now as my kids are older, like I can still tell if they're sick, even if they don't say they're sick, I'm like, mm, you're not really acting right today. Something, something's off. And usually they're sick. It's just something that you just kind of know. It just kind of, you're like, mm, that's not right. They don't normally do that. You'll kind of pick up on mannerisms, even being pregnant, because my my son also had I went to like the dentist because I had to get a tooth pulled or something while I was pregnant. And the medicine they gave me, he did not like it did not. Hmm. He did not love it. So I knew immediately because when I took it after a little while, I was like, he is getting really crazy in there. Like he is erratically kicking me and I don't know what's going on right now. And then I went to the doctor and sure enough, the medication wasn't, he did not like it. It was making his heart race and everything else. So I had to get off of that, but it's definitely something that you're, you don't even really think about it. It just kind of kicks in like, Hmm, that's, that's off. That doesn't seem right. And then you kind of check. So yeah, it definitely is something that's not like, it's not learned or you won't mm-hmm. like know the moment. It's just, it's just instinct. It just kind of kicks in. It really, yeah, it really is. And I'm glad it is. And I don't know the science behind this. I didn't read the book, but one of my friends who she's a stay at home mom and she's also wanted to have kids her whole life. She reads every book on the market. She's when I first got pregnant, she goes, you know, the whole thing about pregnancy brain, the reason you feel so foggy aside from the fact that, you know, you're nourishing a baby, but she goes, is because your brain's disconnecting certain like neural networks because mm-hmm. when it reattaches, it's reattaching with those new instincts. Like your brain's literally changing. And I know, you know, I'm not a neuroscientist, so I'm not saying this scientifically, but that was sort of her layman's way of saying it. And I'm like, whoa, that is crazy and so incredible that our human body can do that, develop those instincts, make it natural, and then also grow a baby. It's remarkable. Yeah, it definitely is cool. Like just seeing every time I see like the there's like a a picture that like floats around the Internet and it's of like the female body pregnant and it kind of shows kind of like a gif, I guess. And it kind of like shows the progression of the baby like growing and then like all of the organs like shifting and how they move. And it's just like this is so weird. Like my body already knows what to do. Like I don't have to do anything. Like It's just like, oh, I got you, girl. Like especially after every any mom that I've known has been like, yeah, after 
after your first, your body already knows what to do with the second and the third and the next. Like your body usually knows before it just starts doing stuff. And Mm. then you're like, what's happening? And then you start showing faster because every single pregnancy I show faster than the next. That's just like, I feel like that's a kind of across the board thing. The more kids you have, your body's already ready to go. And it just kind of kicks into gear. And then you're like, oh, well, I'm showing now. Like, It took me six months the last time, but only yeah. three this time. So, like, yeah, your body definitely knows what to do. Your mind changes. And it's just like an instinct that you just kind of feel. That's kind of, I feel like, how people decide whether or not they want to be children or want to be parents. Because they, it's just uh, like kind of like a feeling that you get like, oh, okay, yeah. you know, like this is, I kind of, I kind of want to do this. And then you, you kind of catch yourself like thinking, like having mom thoughts before you even have the baby. And you're like, Oh, well, that's weird. I didn't think about that before. It's just something that yes. it just kind of clicks. Yeah. Thoughts start happening that I would have never had before, whether it's from a safety thing, like with our house and childproofing to, cause you're actually like imagining, you know, the baby being there to just really interesting things that I wouldn't be thinking about, obviously, unless I was pregnant. But to your point, like, I don't, everyone says, well, you're never really ready. Like, you can't just like, all of a sudden hit a benchmark in life where you're like, and now I'm ready to have kids. Like, there's, there's always more to do or things to accomplish or whatever. But I always wanted to have kids young because my mom had me when she was 25, which in the grand scheme of life, like it's not that young. It's just that so many women now are having babies later in their thirties that yeah. when, I, when I was 25 and single and living in a city, like the thought of having a kid was like, what? I must be so behind, you know, and now I'm 30 yes. and having my first. And I'm glad that I, I'm glad with the timing of everything. It's, you know, timing's always right. But my partner seven years older than me. So the other night I was actually thinking about actually you, before I really knew your situation, but I was like, wouldn't it be kind of cool to like wait three to five years between kids and all this stuff. And he was like, yeah, yeah, that sounds great. And then he's like, yeah, except like I would be like 50 by the time we had our third. And I was like, no, cause like, I love that my parents are so young and yeah. you know all that stuff. But then he goes, well, look at your dad. You know, he had your brother when he was 53. So there's no rules. I'm like, you're right. There's no rules, but you just kind of know when you're ready to do it. And it's not like a, you never feel like, okay, now, like, it's not like a logical thing. It's like an emotional gut thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely because my, my parents had me young and I started having kids young, but that was just like a personal preference. Like I just wanted to, I had like ovarian cysts and stuff like that. So I kind of wanted to get things moving just in case because you you never know so for it was definitely a lot different and I feel I grew up like with my kids sometimes so there are like different challenges because then my mom had my little brother at 40 so and my stepdad is older than her so he was like 50 and I was just like oh okay like you guys are like the old parents on the playground (laughs) yeah my stepdad still keeps up like he plays basketball and everything else so like it's really just like a mindset thing and I feel like for a lot of people they were ready like oh I just want you know I want to do it young I want to get it out of the way and I want to you know enjoy my older mature age without babies and then some people are like no I want to do my young stuff and then I'll just enjoy my mature life with babies so it really just definitely depends but that instinct kind of always kicks in when you're 
kind of ready and in that groove. Absolutely. I'm glad that I had it. And what I have done it at 25, if I have the partner I have now, probably, but yeah, it didn't align that way. So Right. Yeah. It always, it always differs. What do you feel like is the worst advice you've been given about becoming a new mom? Oh, that's a great question. I think that there's really been no awful advice. There's been a couple of things that like triggered me though. The first one was my grandma stayed home. My mom stayed home. My future sister-in-law stayed home as soon as she got pregnant And then she was telling about her sister-in-law staying home. And so it really hit me at 25 weeks. I'm like, I have very few examples of working moms that Mm -hmm. are like personal. Like, I mean, I have all the mom inspo on Instagram that I follow, but I'm talking like people that I know who closest friends quit their jobs when they got pregnant. So I'm like, do I have to figure this out like in real time? And so a lot of the advice from like my grandma, I was telling her about this huge manifestation with this big company I'm going to partner with and this really exciting news when I was 30 weeks. And she's like, well, how are you going to do that with the baby? And I'm like, can you just be excited that like this thing (laughs) is happening? And like, I'm going to figure that out. Obviously I'm not going to like choose that and not choose the baby, but that's sort of been more of just like a trigger because I'm like, man, I really don't have a good example. I will say I have one friend, but her example was a corporate life where at eight weeks she had to drop her baby off. At, and I know so many women have to do that, but I will never work in an office. So I'm like, okay, well, that doesn't really help me. So that's been sort of hard. And then the couple moms that are that I do have, do know who are stay at home, their advice is much more, and I'm probably going to butcher this, like attachment style where mm-hmm. like they co-sleep, they breastfeed at every, even if it was just 15 minutes ago, for comfort and it's so attached attached that I'm like, mm, that's not really going to be my style. Like, I don't know right. my style yet, but I have my gut telling me it's probably not that. So I guess all of that to be said, I know your question was the worst advice. It's all been like sort of hard to figure out like what is going to be good for me. But I did have one, one family friend. This was actually good advice. They just said, look, don't overwhelm yourself with looking for advice because mm-hmm. Sometimes the more you know, the more you worry. So that was sort of like how I ended up being like, okay, I'm just going to take it all with a grain of salt, listen to my gut, and see what happens once he's here. Yeah, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. I mean, she still kind of is. She was in like the corporate world for a while, but then it was just stay-at-home mom. And a lot of my friends are stay-at-home moms. And the older I got, the more I met women that were, you know, working and had children. Because I was always like, oh, like, am I a bad mom because I want to go to work? Like, does that make me a terrible mom because I need to get out of this house? Because, yeah, at first, when you have your baby, you're going to want to be around your baby all day. It's going to be great. But then eventually you're going to be like, I need to talk to adults. Like, I just want anything that doesn't have to do with cartoons or baby food. Like, I just want to talk to adults. So no one really it was for me the advice was always like oh well just prepare to be at home with your baby and so I was like oh that sounds terrible like I love my kid but I don't want yeah. to be with my child 24 7 please don't make me do that like I just feel like there's so many moms that they love that I have friends that love to be with their kids 24 7 that is their pride and joy and then there's yeah. some moms that are like my job 
and my children are my pride and joy. And I just, I split that time in half. And for me, I, everyone's like, oh yeah, co-sleep and do this. I was like, okay, I cut co-sleeping off at almost a year because it's a lot harder once you hit that year mark of trying to get them in their bed. I tried to do more of like nap times in the crib after a while to kind of wean them from sleeping with me all the time. I also didn't comfort nurse because that just, for one, like breastfeeding hurts. Nobody, nobody says that really. They're just like, it's so magical. No, sometimes breastfeeding hurts. Yeah. And a lactation specialist, like I asked my lactation specialist all of the questions because I had, I had a really hard time with my first. So we didn't have a long breastfeeding relationship. And then with my second, I was able to breastfeed until a year. And then my third was about a year and a half. So like it kind of cool. the, but even with my third, even being so long, it was the beginning was terrible. Like I had a really hard time with breastfeeding and going back to the pump, like the breast pump was not for me. I hated it. It hurt. It, I produce a lot of milk anyway, just naturally. So I was like, I'm just going to breastfeed like there, unless I have to pump or unless I'm leaving for a long period of time, I'm not going to put myself through that. It's terrible. I don't like it. It makes me cry. Like yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do it. So a lot of people, the, the, I think you said the Medela is what you got. Mm-hmm. That's a really good, that's a really good pump. The like actual machine one. Cause those like hand pump ones, terrible they're yeah. the worst i mean they have the portable ones that are like battery powered which is kind of like the the ones you plug in so those are okay depending on their strength they can be just as bad as the manual sometimes but battery powered was like my way to go for okay. pumping so it definitely and with co-sleeping like no i was like i don't want to sleep with my kid until they're six like they're kicking me in the face like i, I don't love yeah. any of this so and then i have some friends who are still co-sleeping yeah. With their children. So it just it really depends on like you and your family and what's comfortable for everyone in your household, because what works for someone isn't going to work. It might not work for you. You know, you have a completely different child. So her child may love she may love her child being attached to her 24 seven. But yeah. I get very touched out. And that's just something that happens with moms like you're you're touched out because you're breastfeeding. You come home from the hospital after the people have been poking and priding and everything. Your hospital stay, it's not necessarily like a vacation. You're There's a nurse in and out every hour on the hour. Like there's babies crying. You're learning how to breastfeed. So you come home tired. It's a lot that you're already trying to figure out. So stressing yourself out with, I have to do it this way. Or I have to like, it, it's just going to make you even more stressed out and more anxious. And then that, in turn kind of makes your baby cranky because they can they can sense that you're not at ease everything's tense so then they're tense because they don't understand their feelings so then everyone's crying and then it's like a whole to do (laughs) I don't know how many times I've been sitting with my kids just crying with a baby in my arms like I don't know what to do and my grandma's like just just take a nap like just (laughs) go take a nap I think you're sleepy both of you need a nap and that was something that people didn't they were just like, oh, yeah, try and get things done when the baby's sleep. No, try and go to sleep. That was hard for me to stop because I have to, like, go, go, go. So, like, just 
sitting down and being like, okay, like I'm going to take this moment and while the baby's asleep, I'm going to go to sleep and it's okay. Like, because you're going to be so exhausted from breastfeeding and trying to like eat to keep up your breast milk and everything else. Like you're exhausted. So like just nap when the baby naps, like when they're a newborn, that is like my favorite time because it's nap time all the time. Like all the time (laughs) quiet. All they want to do is like get their diaper changed, eat and then fall right back asleep. And you're like, Oh great. It's so quiet. I can, fold my laundry like I, I did small stuff like folding my laundry and stuff like that but like I tried not to overwhelm myself with things to do because then I'd be in the middle of doing something and now the baby's crying and now I have to run back and do that and then I've stopped this project that I've started so it just yeah. kind of creates more work for yourself yeah that is really helpful to hear I'm like doing the mental gymnastics now picturing myself resting versus trying to organize and I'm actually really grateful. My fiance works for a company that's women and minority owned and they're just very progressive in paternity leave and all sorts of things. So you will have four weeks off of work, which will be really helpful just to have him here plus my mom. And then I think my dad and my stepmom are coming and his family's close by. So I think it'll be different because I mean, I'm sure like you with COVID, we've lived a very like isolated life just like the two mm-hmm. of us for the past year so I'm like I gotta kind of kind of like mentally prepare to just have people in my house I'm yeah. not used to that I'm used to just me and my partner and that's it and so that's going to be I think a big shift however I also think I'll really like having that that support yes. so they can do the dishes or they can help with the laundry while I'm napping but I did hear from my coach recently, she was like, you know, it's so great to have that family support and to be able to nap and all that. She goes, the part people don't talk about is once the baby's like three months or so and everyone leaves and then it's just (laughs) oddly quiet. And you're like, oh, I'm on my own. Like I have like, and that can be really overwhelming. So I'm also like, okay, thank you for that. Cause now I've got like a couple different things. I'm like mentally kind of, you know, envisioning and thinking about to, prepare myself but like you said you never really know till you're in it yeah yeah and that that's definitely like a thing for me I tried to with my especially with my third I tried to dial back my visitors because you can also get really overwhelmed like at the hospital I tried to have the least amount of people come to the hospital as possible because it's great and we love you so much, but like they're going to bring flowers and balloons and gifts. And then that's more stuff that you have to then carry to your car and put mm. in. So have my, my friend had people just either bring the gifts like to the house or give them to her mom or something. And then they bring them to the house for her because just, it's just so much stuff. You're just, you don't really think, and people are, they're just trying to be nice. They're so excited about the baby. They just want to see the baby and they're so happy. So they're just bringing you all this stuff without thinking like, oh, Mm -hmm. she then has to carry this home and then figure out where that's going to go and everything else. And she's got this new baby. And so I, I tried to limit the amount of people that were at the actual hospital to like immediate family and people that I just wanted to see like as soon as possible and then kind of let people cycle in in like small amounts at my house because you're still going to be tired and overwhelmed at home. Like once you get home, I feel like that's the, I feel like that's the part no one talks about because the nurse then hands you your baby and your discharge papers and they're like, okay, bye. And you're like, 
I have to do this by myself now. Like I don't have a nurse that's going to come in and, and get, cause they, they will like come in if you're tired or something like that, they'll take the baby to the nursery and like do the checks and everything. So you can kind of get like some sleep if your significant other isn't there or at work. Yeah. So when you don't have that anymore and then you go home and you're like, Oh wait, like I'm responsible for this human they alone do. now. Like yeah. <laughs> I've got to do this by myself. So like that's overwhelming in itself. So then to have, just people coming in all the time. Like my grandma and my mother-in-law were my saving graces with my babies because they were the the main ones that kind of like helped me if I was like at school or my husband was at work or something like that. So we had that small amount of help. And then like our friends would just kind of like pop in every now and then and like quietly see the baby and then leave. So we tried to like make it as, not overwhelming as possible because birth is so it's already it never goes as planned I don't think I've ever been able to plan out a birth except for I've been induced with pretty much well yeah with all my kids because my water never breaks when I go into after labor for whatever reason it's never broken except for my fourth pregnancy that ended in miscarriage that was the only time my water has broken on its own so they always have to induce me and people don't like they don't talk about the differences like I have some friends that love natural birth that is their jam like they are like I will never do it any other way and then I've had some moms that had you know an epidural and uh natural and they were like okay no I'm definitely going back to the drugs like for me I've had both so I've had natural and I've had an epidural but the thing with mine were I was induced with all of them so Mm. induction always makes things it it always magnifies labor it's never like just a natural thing because it's not your body that's doing it it's the pitocin Mm -hmm. and everything else that's running through your body so it just kind of like shocks your body and it's ready to go so with my natural birth I already had like induction medication and everything. So when I went into labor, my body goes like pretty quickly. Once my water's broken, it's like, it's go time. So it wasn't, I didn't have any time to get the epidural because the anesthesiologist was like busy. It was like, everybody was going to labor that day, I guess. And I was like, please, I know I said that I was going to try this naturally, but I changed my mind. Let's get the drugs in here. And they were like, I don't, I don't know if it's going to save you. And it it only worked on like one side of my body. So I still felt everything. So for me personally, I prefer an epidural. That's just me. I know I can do it naturally. I had to, but I just don't want to. But there are some women that they do the whole, like one of my friends did like a water birth, another friend birthed at home. Another friend naturally birthed in the hospital. Both of my sister-in-laws, I believe, all of their kids, I think except one, they did naturally. So, like, there's a lot of people that do natural birth and they get through it and they're like, yeah, it's fine. Like, yeah. the fire is the worst part. And then after that, you're good to go. But for me, I was like, yeah, I just, that's just not the part that I love about birth. I just would yeah. prefer if I had an epidural. So, I always am just like, whatever feels comfortable for you because you also don't want to be so hyped up and terrified in pain and adrenaline yeah and then it makes it 10 times worse so I'm like whatever feels comfortable for you if you feel like okay you know I'm going through this and I'm getting through it and it's going to be fine then do that but 
if you're going through it and you're like, mm, the beginning stages of this are terrible, I don't think I'm going to be able to get to the second stage, then get an epidural. Like, whatever is comfortable for you, it makes it so much easier and less stressful because you're already delivering a human. You don't need to yeah. have to worry about, oh, are people going to judge me because I, I had an epidural? Like, however you have the baby, <laughs> as long as the baby comes out healthy and fine and you're healthy and fine that's really all that matters people make like such a huge deal out of how they had the baby and like Mm -hmm. i've had some of my friends have had c-sections some of my friends have had natural and c-section so it just really depends on Mm -hmm. you know your situation everybody's situation is different so i just always say don't overwhelm yourself with like Mm. too much information and too much advice because people will they're they're giving you their experience and their opinion of the situation but everyone's different so it's not going to work for you the same way it worked for them Mm, yeah thank you for that my fiance and I had a talk with our doula about that what you were saying where like I want to go for it naturally to, to try out the experience but if I get too tense, if I my body's too nervous, it's not going to make the birth pleasant. So at the end of the day, I'm going to do whatever, whatever I need to like enjoy it and like right. you know, be not tense, tensing up and stuff. So that's a really important message. Thank you for that. Yeah, because a lot of there, it's always like, oh, well, I kind of feel like a bad mom. I don't really want to say it. Someone's going to judge me. But it's like, no, like everyone's everyone's different. Yeah. Everyone. Yeah has a different birth story, different pain level, different everything. So to be like, oh, well, you should be doing it this way. It's like, okay, no, everyone, that's why we have these options today. You don't have to have the same birth plan as everyone else anymore. It's not just you're delivering at home now in your room. Because I actually, there's a, a show called Call the Midwife on Netflix. And it is kind of like the, I guess, the the timeline of how midwifery and birth and hospitals and doctors and stuff how that kind of like went through the years so I think it starts in like the the 50s or the 40s or something and then kind of like goes through the times of how you know women gave birth and and what they were expected to do in those times and there's so many things and options now to not have a traumatic birth like they you're not forced to have these natural, traumatic, yeah. scary births anymore. Yeah. So it's not, you don't have to just because it was done in the past. That's not like a thing like, exactly. oh, well, they did it then. It's like, yes, that is true. Yeah. If I was in the woods somewhere, I would have to deliver naturally. But since I'm in this hospital, I, don't have to. Gonna, I want this medication. So that way I'm not screaming and everyone can hear me down the hall. So yeah. it definitely is a person by person thing. I always say just do whatever feels comfortable for you and your significant other because that's really at the end of the day you two are the ones that are gonna have to like take that baby home and take care of it and everything else so your healing process is going to be completely different than someone else's yeah absolutely i think it's a really powerful message for everyone myself included to hear it's kind of like nostalgia me thinking back to my first baby and all the unnecessary stuff that I got and now <laughs> my third and it's like Cheerios in a baggie I think there's like a there's so many like mom memes now but it's always like 
the first kid it's like this picture perfect you have everything <laughs> and then the third the second and third kid you've got like cheerios and a baggie and you're just like tossing them in your purse and yeah that's another thing i always suggest diaper bag backpacks okay. those oh, things i'm glad that those are my instincts yeah, yeah those those things are so much easier and more handy than like a regular you have like a cute like frilly diaper bag with the straps and everything. Nobody wants to deal with that. Again, a man does not want to carry like a pink crocodile no. diaper bag everywhere. So yeah. like I got um one of the little diaper bag backpacks and those things were great because it's great for people with multiple children because you don't you think about like, oh, the baby and the stuff that I need for the baby, but if you have other kids, you still need stuff for those kids too. So diaper bag backpacks mm-hmm. I could put a change of clothes for everybody in there, diapers, wipes, anything, a little first aid. I had like one of those little Johnson and Johnson first aid kits in there, awesome. bottles, anything, snacks, all of that fits in there. So like diaper bag, I always, I'm like diaper bag, backpacks and the little baby carrier. Like you need those things. Those two yeah. things are like my top tier of things to get. <laughs> Amazing. I have like a list of notes going over here from you. So thank you for that. It's very helpful. I'm so glad that like I had someone that was a first time mom that could kind of give that experience because I actually just had someone that was like, well, what does this feel like? And what does it feel like to me? And I'm like, oh, gosh, it's been so long. Like my kids are (laughs) kind of old now. I don't know what it feels like. I should probably talk to someone. So it's so funny that we got to have this conversation because now this will kind of answer all of her questions, I hope. Like. Yeah, you you have so much insight that I'm, you know, I'm like, okay, three months from now, I may have some of this, but it's just so helpful to hear it now versus, you know, figuring it out in real time. So I appreciate that from you. And, and then I'm going to be able to give the same wisdom from you to my listeners, because we're going to do an interview. So that will be awesome. Yeah, yeah, that'll be exciting. That's next. I think we're next Tuesday, next right? Week? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'll, that'll be, be super fun. And another take on kind of motherhood and everything so I think I think it's just really important to kind of I always want to let moms know like you know you're you're fine every mom is different Mm -hmm. as long as all the kids are alive at the end of the day and everybody's at home safe you're doing good like it doesn't matter everybody's journey is different so I always I'm like just give yourself some grace because I was so mean and stressful on myself just like you have to do this and it has Mm -hmm. to be this way and like it just makes everything more tense and worse. And the kids are just yeah. like, why are you so cranky all the time? So you just got to give yourself some grace. Taking that with me. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, it has been so fun chatting with you. I feel like the time just flew by. I wasn't yes. and I was like, this topic I can go on all day. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm excited to just have been able to chat about it. And thank you for the opportunity I know I'm definitely not an expert yet, but I think nobody's ever really that we only become the expert for our babies. So it's helpful to talk through it because I'm sure my worries and lack of preparation is relatable for somebody. So. Yeah, definitely. That There's so many people that are just like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, why would they give me this human? I don't. <laughs> well, why am I responsible for a child now? I feel like that's the main question for parents is like, who? Whose idea was this? There's no rule yes. book, nothing. They're just like, here, have a baby. Like, 
<laughs> exactly. Well, it has been so great. I will let you go and finish preparing yeah. for baby. And yeah. then I will see you next week for yeah. your show. Brilliant. Thank you again. I was really You're nice welcome. to see you and we'll chat so soon. Yeah, great. That's it for today's episode. Thank you all so much for tuning in. You can connect with Garrett on Instagram at Garrett Wood or her podcast at Dare to Move Podcast. Her YouTube channel, Garrett Wood, has great videos all about her programs, behind the scenes, and so much more. And her website, GarrettNicoleWood.com, has information about her projects, more about Garrett, and how you can work with her. I will leave all of that in the show notes for you guys so you can definitely check her out. She's an amazing woman and you're going to love her. If you enjoyed this episode, please screenshot and share the episode on Instagram. Tag me at the Awkward Mom stage and I'll share them and shout you out on the podcast. If you haven't already, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or the website and let me know you're loving the show. I hope you're having a great week. Bye. Thanks for joining me this week on the Awkward Mom Stage podcast. Make sure to visit our Instagram page where you can follow and find information on next week's show and any updates for the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast shows. While you're at it, if you're enjoying the show, I'd appreciate it so much if you rate the show on iTunes or share this podcast with a friend. Be sure to tune in next Wednesday for an all new episode. I hope you're having an awesome week. Happy hump day. And always remember you're beautiful. Lola.